The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I say to you with the greatest power I can muster in the wee hours of the morning. Happy Brandon Day. Uh, can you hear me? Is this on? Because uh, I know we had some issues last week. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. We're functional, man. I don't know what that was. That was bad. That was real bad. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. As great as this open was, I would have preferred if we started with, Asher, stop pulling my arm. <laughs> we, have, we did have a, a, uh, a dropped open where the child was yanking on my, my hand. And I sit on a rolling chair here at this w- tiny little corner desk because he's actually rolling me across the bedroom. So Brandon was hearing me like yelling back towards the microphone. Uh, but we're all right. The, uh, the child is safely out of the room. You may hear him yelp at some point during the show. It's Fantasy NBA Today. It's Wednesday. It's Brandon Day. Uh, it's ailment day? Question mark? How are you feeling uh, today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I got my glasses on, my right eye closed since uh, I popped out the lens of my right eye and I got to tell you, you see two different things if you open that right eye without a lens and the left eye with a lens. So, how's the what's the what's the adjustment process for that? When are you supposed to be back up to tip-top shape? Oh, I'm already good. The, the thing is that normally I wear a contact in my left eye and I'm great. Oh. But considering I go back to sleep after this, there's no need <laughs> to put a contact in. So, yeah. I'm going one eye. Yeah, you're on a uh, you're on a real goofball schedule. This is this is the the normal start of a person's day, but it's nap time because uh, Brandon works evenings. I don't know if you guys knew that. Anyway, uh, fantasy NBA today. That's the name of the show. This is a hoop ball presentation. It's also brought to you by our good buddies at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Brandon sadly cannot have that right now because he's getting ready to take a nap post show. But you should. HawaiianIsles.com is the website. I-S-L-E-S. Spell Isles right, please. For the love of God, please spell it right. Uh, Hawaiian Isles on Amazon if you want to get it sent prime. That's the easiest way. Especially you can get smaller quantities there. You can get the bigger quantities at their website. That's where uh, those deals start to creep in. H-I Kona Coffee on Twitter. Title sponsor of all things audiovisual. And the draft guide here at Hoop-Ball.com. Brandon, I want to launch straight into where we left off yesterday, sort of no time to waste kind of thing, and that's Yahoo ADP's 51 through 75. The last two days I've done this alternating thing, and you and I did it last week, and I it's become very difficult for me to actually do it right. So I think maybe we just go, just go fully chaos, chaos mode today, and we'll just talk about guys... Um, whenever we want to. So if <laughs> I'm going to talk about someone and then you talk about him and then we'll just keep launching on and we don't need to trade off because we're savages. How does that sound? That sounds great. That yeah. sounds great. How about, how about our guy Blake Griffin to kick it off? Beautiful. Thank you, you savage. <laughs> that was well done. Um, Blake Griffin, ADP is 49.6 on Yahoo. Uh, obviously a, a better eight cat than nine cat guy because he does turn the ball over and, and runs large portions of their offense. He was number 62 in 9-cat last year. This is a ranking, for me at least, Brandon, that makes a lot of sense in 8-cat and not as much sense in 9. I think it's an even split on that one. Yeah, I think it's about right. Um, I think this big chunk of guys we're going to talk about today is pretty close to spot on. Um, the issue with Blake is I think he's probably a better Roto guy than 
he is for head-to-head because that's a guy that's probably not going to be on your roster during the playoffs because um, he will get hurt at some point. He I will. mean, he, he managed to stay healthy for the majority of last year. And then, of course, towards the end of the year, he got hurt. And then if you're dealing with a Detroit team that's not going to be in contention, who knows if they will, who they will not, then you get run the risk of him getting, shutting, getting shut down. So uh, I won't touch Griffin as much as I love Griffin, just because I know that there's going to be a point where I'm going to be without him. Yeah, and you're a guy who watched him for many, many years while he was on the Clippers. He, he just, last year it seemed like, and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you know, you've seen more of him than I have. Last year felt like almost as good as it could possibly get. Like the free throws were at 75, which doesn't kill you. Uh, the field goal percent wasn't good, but it was back up from where it had been the previous year. He, you know, he still took a bunch of three-pointers, but the mid-range stuff was down. He started attacking a little bit more. He played in 75 games last year, which is a really big number for him. I just don't know that I believe he can replicate that. Yeah, no, spot on. And the thing that's interesting about him is that um, you mentioned the field goal percentage going back up. Well, he's taking more threes. So that's the problem, is you don't know how many threes he's actually going to end up taking. And if he is taking as many threes as he was last year, I mean, there are games where he took eight or nine threes. That could really hurt your field goal percentage because he could easily go two for nine from three. And then if he's missing his shots inside the arc, you're in trouble. Uh, So that's where it doesn't really tickle... You know what I'm talking about. I just don't like it at all. And the field goal percentage is just not great. Um, the turnovers, like you mentioned, could be a major problem. I mean, what other big guy do we see that averages three and a half turnovers per game? Um, I mean, that's Ben Simmons territory. So I'm not touching him in head-to-head. Roto, I'll take a flyer on him because he, he can have some really nice 25, 10, and 8 games um, and hit, hit some threes as well. Yeah, the 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 positive for Blake Griffin at this point is obviously he's going to be one of the better scoring guys still on the board in that 50 to 60 range. Uh, there aren't a ton of guys left that are going to get you 25 points per game. Um, but then the downsides are, as we already discussed, he's not durable. There aren't many defensive stats. We didn't even bring that one up. Uh, and the free throw thing is a negative, even if it's not as large a negative as it used to be. Uh, Chris Middleton, 51.8 is the ADP. This is a guy that was getting drafted in the second round at some points last year, uh, maybe more often than not, early third. And he had a season where he just couldn't make the ball go into the bucket. I know he averaged 18 points a game, which isn't bad, but it is way down from, I think, everybody's expectation. Brandon, is this a bounce-back candidate in Middleton, or is this just what he is now that he's sort of Giannis's sidekick instead of a guy that's going to be um, having a more feature role in the offense. I, and it's weird to say because he still took 15 shots a game, but they were farther from the hoop. They were more sort of uh, in ISO. It wasn't really as much in the offense because that's kind of the Giannis thing. Uh, and his steals were way down last year as well. Does that stuff come back or was last year the start of something bad? I think that's a product of Bud's offense, and he wanted him to shoot more threes. And you can look at it two different ways. The first way is that he just got paid. So what incentive does he have this season? Um, And that worries me. The second one is he has one extra year in Bud's offense, and he's going to be acclimated to it, and you no longer have Brogdon there. So it's most likely going to be Giannis, Middleton, and Bledsoe that are carrying the load for that team. Of course, you have Lopez, too. I mean, you have a good team, but the question is, how much of that will go on Middleton? And I like him, but 
we've talked about him before because he always ends up in this area. And he's a guy that can end up winning you weeks in head-to-head. But then he can just straight up disappear and go three for 19. And that's a problem. Um, when you compare him neck and neck to Blake Griffin, Blake's going to give you more points. He's going to give you more. He'll frankly give you more threes if you look at their numbers. Weird, somewhere. right? Isn't that crazy? And, yeah, really strange. His free throw percentage is obviously better, but his field goal percentage is worse. So I like the upside more of Griffin than I do like with Middleton. I'm wondering, and this is the thing that really freaked me out, is for four years in a row, Chris Middleton had been at 1.4 or higher in steals. And then last year, he was back down at one. And now I know that some of that was fewer minutes per game. They, you know, they were blowing everybody out. So his minutes were down from, uh, he had multiple seasons near 36. And then last year, he was at 31. But he had some other seasons under his belt where he played about 31 minutes a game. And he was still, uh, at least in two of those three years, around 1.5 steals. The free throw percent was down last year from 88 to 84. The field goal percent was just below his career mark. Maybe that doesn't change all that much. The The three-point percent was basically on his career mark. I'm looking at free throw percent and steals as potential areas of positive regression for Middleton. If those come back, then he pushes his way back into the top 50, even close to sort of top 40 range, and he becomes an interesting value here. If they don't, he's still, I think, at least a pretty safe play in this neck of the woods, right? Like, he could almost not be worse than top 65, and so you've got a pretty good floor on a guy you're drafting now in the fifth round. I'm okay with this one. I'm okay yeah, with it. No doubt. It's it's really a no-risk move. Yeah. Uh, I think this, we've talked about it a couple times in this pod about guys you kind of want to watch in the preseason and certain stats you want to look at. Um, Middleton's free throw percentage might be one of those ones that you take a very close eye at because the last two months of the season last year, he was down to 81. So you want to see if that carries over into this season or if he's improving going back to where he was several years ago. Yeah, he had about a two-month stretch in the middle of last year where he shot like 37%. I remember thinking, I almost have to bench this guy right now. Uh, ADP of 53, and the third man we're talking about today the uh, the aging Kyle Lowry, who I say that with uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek because this is a guy that even in his worst season in like a decade last year, he was still, still number 36 on a per-game basis. Um, I mean, Brandon, why are people predicting that the bottom's going to completely fall out here when Kawhi Leonard left town this offseason? Exactly. Uh, there's no reason for his numbers to go down. Um He's got the minutes. He's going to get you points. Not as many as a guy like Blake will give you, but he's also going to give you damn near nine assists per game. And he's going to give you rebounds. He'll give you threes. He'll get steals. Field goal percentage might be a little bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, a little but bit. I'm, but I'm willing to take that risk with everything else being positive. Yeah, he's uh, so the one year he shot 46% is clearly the aberration. That's not going to happen again. He's not going to be an early second-round guy. But even if you wipe that one year out, he's pretty much been a third-round guy since, like, 2013. That's a not pretty good portfolio. Even, it could be even better than that. I mean, if you look at totals... In 2015-16, he was at 11. 16-17-12. Yeah. So, I don't have a clue why he's going in the 50s. And for all the this bum rush on point guards in the first two rounds, there's Kyle Lowry just sitting in the fifth round waiting for you. Yep. 
I mean, guys are falling. They're just falling. That's this. I think that's the theme of this year. I think I could probably say that about the, like three of the next five guys too. Jason Tatum, 53.3. Have people completely given up on him? That's one that's so fascinating because Tatum's a guy that we knew would be better without Kyrie Irving. And he's still a guy that they picked as a lottery pick and someone that they have high hopes for and that they're going to put the franchise on his shoulders. So this would be the season, you would think. Um, and I don't see where the negative is with Tatum. I don't think you have any problems with him um, in this area. I mean, he's such a high floor because he's going to get so much usage that you can't complain. No, and he's uh, he's 21 years old. Like, there's this... I feel like everybody... I'm, I'm finally on the opposite side with him. Last year, I came into the season going, everybody's way too high on Jason Tatum. He had a good rookie season, but a lot of it was because of the pieces around him. Everything was just a perfect fit. He didn't take a step this last year. That's true, and I actually got that one right, which was kind of fun for me because that doesn't always happen with young guys. I'm usually just shying away from all of them. Uh... But now I feel like the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction where everybody's like, ah, Jason Tatum, he's cooked. He's cooked. Uh, Dude, he was 40 in totals with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he was better last year than people realized. He just wasn't nearly as good as everybody expected. He could just replicate last year, and it would be a perfectly reasonable fifth-round pick. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love him here as well, and I love the next guy, as long as yeah. they're just shuttling along of safe fifth-round guys. Yeah, Tobias is, I mean, I watch him all the time with the Clippers. This is a guy that got the max contract, and he's not somebody that I'm concerned about because he has the skill set, and there really is nowhere for him to go down. I mean, he's such a good ball player. He can shoot the three very effectively, and he goes inside, and he rebounds. He gets you a double-double here and there. No Jimmy Butler anymore, and I don't see why he can't have a good season. You know what the thing is with Tobias Harris? He's really good in all three categories that nine cat players don't pay as close attention to. Field goal percent, free throw percent, and turnovers. Those are three of his most productive areas. And so he ends up falling because, you know, in eight cat, he's not going to be ranked as high. In points leagues, he's not going to be ranked even close to as high. And so then you get this weird ADP draft board where guys like that fall. Percentages and turnovers, guys, they always come down the board. He is he's the safest fifth-round pick I think I've ever seen in my life. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I can remember a fifth-round guy where it's just like, oh, well, this guy will... His floor is basically above where he's getting drafted. That's a strange phenomenon to encounter. And it uh, rolls in stark contrast to the next guy who... Uh, I don't know that you and I have talked a ton about Victor Oladipo at this point, Brian. I feel like he ends up going later than this in most of the drafts we've broken down. But you know my stance. I ain't touching guys that are going to be injured for, you know, real almost at all to start the year. Certainly not. He's expected to miss the first two months. Yeah, it depends how my draft is shaping up. I think you're better off getting a guy like Oladipo in an auction league um, because you can build your team and you can see maybe where you've stolen some guys at great value and you might have an extra shekel or two to throw at a, a guy like Oladipo to ah, sell your Shekel, so, I like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a possibility. Um, I mean, last year I grabbed a guy like Cousins for three bucks and he sat on my bench until December and he really did help my team a lot. And especially in a keeper league where a guy like Oladipo will be a surefire keeper the following year. So the thing with him is that he was a top two round guy when he was healthy 
but we have no idea how he's going to come back. We don't know yet when he's going to come back. And so until we actually have a firm timetable, then, yeah, I'm not touching him in any sort of league except for an auction league. That's probably a keeper league. Yeah, uh, keeper league is is the obvious exception to the don't draft injured guys rule. That's um, we can, You can put that one and you can pin that one on the board on the wall as well. I mean, if, if you can get a guy late and then just squat on him for a year and then have Oladipo as like a third, fourth or fifth, whatever your, you know, your keeper rules might be the following year then, yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer. I did that with Zach Levine like two years ago. A lot of guys are floating around that, that fit that mold as well. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one. Thomas Bryant at 56.9. I feel like he's actually coming down ever so slightly. I might be mistaken here, but I thought his ADP was in the 53-54 range, and so I feel like people are finally getting that if you draft a guy too early, he's not going to be worth it anymore. If he falls a little bit farther for me, Brandon, I would jump on that. He's starting to get closer to where I would take a shot on him. The one thing that worries me about Bryant, and we know that the skill set is there because there were games last year when he was a must-start, is that we just don't know how much Scotty Brooks trusts him and how many minutes he's going to give him. I mean, how frustrating was it last year where you thought he was a starter, and then all of a sudden he was coming off the bench for a game, and he was actually playing more minutes sometimes off the bench than he was starting. I mean, that is a clear indication of a team that you don't want to touch. But this is a player that you do want to touch. And so it's so <laughs> difficult to figure out what you want to do. That was about as well as I think you could have possibly put that. Thomas Bryant, colon, a player you'd like to touch. Uh, a team that you cannot touch. A team you cannot touch. He, uh, he averaged 10 and 6 in 20 minutes a game last year, basically. Uh, and he's another guy that I would have thought would have gone a little bit later. There's a lot of buzz attached to his name, but he does have sort of the good percentages thing for a big man that sometimes allows them to slip a little bit, like we saw with Tobias Harris. Low turnovers, good percentages. But there's, I think, been a ton of hype around his name uh, with basically all the other centers in Washington gone. And so there's an assumption that Scotty Brooks will have no choice but to just roll him out there. And like you said, you can never assume that because what if Kendrick Perkins comes out of retirement? Then boom, Thomas Bryant's not going to get any minutes anymore. Uh, yep. They could play Davis Bertans at center if they wanted to stretch the floor a little bit more. There, there's They still have Jan Mahimi on the roster. God love him. Uh, so weird things can happen, but we're getting now close to where I think it makes sense to take the plunge because he was a top 100 guy in only 20 minutes a game. So he really only needs like 26 to get up close to that top 60 range. Now we have to decide if we think he's going to get there. And if he slips any farther, then I think that's, that's where you have to make the move. But enough about Thomas Bryant, because I really want to talk about the next guy. Did I say Tobias Harris was the safest fifth-round pick? Because it's possible that Eric Bledsoe might actually be the safest fifth-round pick. He's going at 57.2, Brandon. That's crazy. Yeah, and people forget Brogdon's gone. And I saw some numbers about how without Brogdon, Bledsoe was infinitely better. Um, and we're forgetting how good Bledsoe is and where he contributes. I mean, he's a guy that really does help you in a lot of different categories. I mean, he was 30 in totals last year, and he averages close to 30 minutes per game. He gets you points. He gets you threes. He gets rebounds, and he gets assists. Even though he's a small guard, he still gets you rebounds, gets you steals. His field goal percentage, surprisingly, yeah, is very good. high, 48%. And his free throw percentage isn't amazing for a guard, but it's good enough. 
and so I'm happy with a guy like Eric Bledsoe there. I would love to get Eric Bledsoe there. I might even yeah. consider targeting him a tiny bit earlier just to make sure that I get him because he's a value. He's a value, I think, in the fourth round, and he's falling into the fifth, which is, like you said, this is nuts. I mean, you know, he's around two combined defensive stats every year, five and change assists. He rebounds okay for a point guard. And, and this is the could it be better thing. You know, the high field goal percent, I think, largely a byproduct of playing with those good teammates, finally, because most of his career, he was either a reserve or he was on Phoenix. I think I don't think I need to explain any further than that one. Uh, yeah. Last year, he finally had guys that could draw some attention. And the previous year, you know, he was 47.6 with Milwaukee after the barbershop trade. And he was uh, 48 this most recent season, also with Milwaukee. It's it, not a coincidence that his field goal percent got better on a better team his free throw percent for his career is closer to 80. So it actually could come back a little bit. Last year uh, was the worst number he'd put up since his sophomore season with the Clippers back in 2011. So he could actually be better at the free throw line. He could be better than last year. And last year, like you said, he was already 30 in totals, and he was in the 30s on a per-game basis. I believe the number... I can look it up very quickly. No, excuse me. He was uh, right around 40. So... Yeah, absolute no-brainer here, and and I, I know we can gush about him all you want. Hey, next guy on the list is a former Clipper now, so I'm going to let you do this one. Another former Clipper. <laughs> we talked about him a bunch, and the thing with Gallo is, will he stay healthy? Um, and he, we've talked about it, that he's more of a roto guy than a head-to-head guy because you know you're going to get missed games from him. And the funny thing is, is that we look at last year, and we're like, oh, he was really healthy. He was great. He still only played 68 games. And so that tells you about how low our bar is right now for Gallo, that if he misses 14 games, we call that a success. But when he's on the floor, he's tremendous. I mean, he averages 20 points per game. He gets you rebounds. He gets you threes. Pretty good field goal percentage. A tremendous free throw shooter. Last year, he had a stretch where he didn't miss like 40 consecutive free throws. It may have been even more. I mean, he was a tremendous free throw shooter. And now he goes to an OKC team that doesn't really have anything. And so without any real playmaker apart from Chris Paul that can actually score. I like Gatlo because he's going to get the ball. Yeah, he's going to have a good year. Um, the health thing is always going to hang over him. He's a weird case study, Brandon, because I feel like he's a guy that's now going at the very end of the fifth round, beginning of the sixth. His ADP is 60, by the way, so he's right on the, right on the cusp there. Um, he's a guy that you can almost plan for earlier in your draft where if you're targeting Gallinari in the fifth sixth round range you can afford to take guys earlier that aren't as good at scoring and free throw shooting he is this rare guy right in the middle of drafts that can actually fix two statistical categories for you that you've left behind he makes a lot of sense actually for Dan Vesper's teams because I'm always ending up with you know Rob Covington's early that don't score and get a ton of defensive stats and then you need some points and some free throw percent later. Or like, what if you had Andre Drummond in the second round? Gallo would pair with that really nicely. And it's weird to think about who would pair a fifth or sixth round guy with a first or second round guy. But Gallo is that type of dude because he's just so good at one or one and a half categories. And that floats his value uh, from this part of a draft. So it's kind of an interesting study, I thought. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 60.7. He's, uh, I love him as a sixth round pick. I would absolutely grab him right here. 
Yeah, by the way, this is um, a really good round for me to mention that auction's great. Doing auction and sitting around for the first 15 picks while everyone blows about 65 to 70 on guys like LeBron when then later on you can get these guys for 10 to 15 and then win your league um, is really a good strategy. So I know we don't talk a ton about auction, but these types of guys, Tobias Harris, Bledsoe, Gallinari, Valanchunas, Lowry, those are all guys you can get for less than what are gonna, they're going to go mm. I mean, less than what the studs are going to go for. Well, that's a good opportunity for me to tease the fact that uh, we'll be talking to Eric Ong. Uh, I'm going to be recording with Eric on Friday, so it'll air next week. We're going to be doing a little 20-minute intro to auction hit. He's also got a big piece coming up in the Hoopball Draft Guide, which, by the way, everybody, is on sale for $15.99 through Sunday. Sunday, the last opportunity to get the Draft Guide for $15.99. It's got unbelievable features, articles, tools, and on top of all of that, on October the 7th, the Brewski 150 gets added into the draft guide. You don't actually have to do anything else to get it. It just gets inserted. You don't have to pay anything else. You don't have to click anything else. On October 7th, the Brewski 150 goes in the draft guide. And for those of you that uh, are willing to do some of the number crunching yourself, projections are released on September 27th into the draft guide. Again, 1599 that deal ends on Sunday. Follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter uh, if you want to get all the tweets alerting you of that deal, and then you can go get it. Oh, by the way, uh, at BD Marcus, if you want to follow Brandon, I'm Dan Bespris on Twitter. Uh, BD, by the way, B as in boy, D as in dog, last name Marcus. I am Dan Bespris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, so, folks, we'll be learning a little bit more about auction, myself included, Terry Rozier, Brandon, feels like kind of the opposite type of guy. Isn't he a, a bit more of a hype guy? Is he going for more money in auction right now? What's interesting is I haven't actually done an auction mock, um, but I feel like he's a guy that's going to get the hype of being someone on Boston that was a streamer whenever Kyrie was out, and then he really disappointed about five of the six times that he was a streamer. <laughs> and so we've talked about him and how his usage is going to be high, but that means his field goal percentage is probably going to suck. His turnovers will probably be bad. Um, and so if you're deciding between a guy like Bledsoe or Rozier, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Uh, you're taking Bledsoe 10 times out of 10. Definitely a hype guy. Um, he's someone that's going to get you numbers, but I like other guys around him more. Yeah, you need to have someone like a Clint Capella or Rudy Gobert to counterbalance what Rozier is likely to do to your field goal percent. 100% with you on that one. Uh, 63, the ADP on... Uh, old man Horford, and I feel like I should just start referring to all of the guys that I'm f that I'm letting fall into my lap as old man whatever. He's another one of them. This is a sixth round guy right now. He's going in the sixth. Al Horford is going in the sixth. I get it. You know, he's on Philly now, and yeah, there's Joel Embiid, there's Ben Simmons, there's Tobias Harris, there's there's a logjam, but he's not someone that's ever really needed to have a basketball in his hands to make something happen. He's a percentages guy who gets some steals, some blocks, some assists, doesn't rebound all that much, never really has. He, Why is he falling so far? Is it just the change of scenery? Because he was good last year too. Yeah, and what's funny is that he was ranked 34 in totals, and he missed 14 games. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you how good he was, and he's probably going to miss games here and there. There's no doubt about that. They're going to give him those maintenance days. But on the other side, 
if Embiid were to ever miss time, he becomes a top three or four center right away. I mean, he is just going to contribute and get the minutes. I like him a lot. Um, You're getting him late. And he's someone that if you don't get a big in the first couple of rounds, you're happy getting at this point. There are literally too many fifth and sixth round values on Yahoo's ADP. And that's why I'm saying auction is such a dream. Yeah, you're right, because you can get more than one of these guys. In, in our current scenario now here, if you're in a snake draft, you're going to have to somehow pick two of these dudes unless they fall even farther. That's actually why I said maybe I'd even target one of these guys in the fourth round, because I'd rather just have three of these guys than one guy that's listed in the fourth and two of these guys. It's... it's um. It's a little crazy. Uh, Julius Randle, 63.1. You're a little bit higher on him than I am, and I get it. He's he's just a little bit more popcorn-y than I'm normally uh, accustomed to, but he's going to have a big year, so I can't argue with you on that point. Yeah, I, I think I like him more because if you look at Daily Fantasy, he's a guy that's going to automatically get you close to 35 to 40 and get you close to maybe 55 to 60 on a really good day because you know he's going to get you points and rebounds. He's going to shoot the three. He'll get you about one three per game. Like you said, the ball will be in his hands. He doesn't do a ton defensively, but he's going to have pretty good field goal percentages. Free throw percentage is fine, and he's going to play minutes. Um, The only concern that I've mentioned is that we really don't know if he's going to be playing at the end of the year because we don't know if the Knicks will be good. Most likely they will not be, and Randall is a guy that maybe could be shut down um, at the end of the season. I'd rather have the guy right behind him on the draft board here, and that's Brooke Lopez, who, you know, coming off of last year, I I just— I don't see the reason why his outlook should change much this season. And he was number 32 per game last year and played 81 games. Is it just that he doesn't score so people don't like it? I mean, he's he's tailor-made for 9-cat. Yeah, the only issue is you look at that season with the Lakers, and, and that's what really scares people. Good. When he, when he was ranked 108 for totals. But then the previous year, he was 39. And the year after, he was 31. So clearly, he's a guy that you're getting late as a steal and someone that's not a big hype guy, but is someone that is very nice to fit on your roster. Yeah, if you get a center early that blocks shots and you get Brooke Lopez in the mid-round, you're probably going to win blocks. Like, if you get a center that's giving you one and a half blocks in the first two rounds or more, Drummond, Gobert, uh... Capella, if you go to third or fourth round, Embiid, if you're willing to take the plunge, Anthony Davis, Cat, even Giannis, if you go away from the center position, and then you're able to add, I mean, I could have thrown Miles Turner to that mix as well, and you add Brooke Lopez in one of these rounds, you're talking about two guys now getting you close to four blocks per game. That's that's often enough to put you in the middle of the pack in blocks without anybody else ever blocking a shot on your team, and usually everybody else will combine for some I think that's a, I think it's a, he, he's a fantastic pairing guy in these middle rounds as well. Uh, next guy on the list at 66.2 is another guy where you're a little bit higher than I am, and I think it's just that whole Dan hates points things. I'm such a curmudgeon, man. I'm such a grumpy old man. <laughs> it's crazy. Jamal Murray. Uh, so you can kick us off on this one because then I'll, I'll be Debbie Downer again. Well, he's still a baby, and everyone's not treating him as such. I mean, this is a guy that came out of school after his freshman year, And he got some hype last year. He finished 63 in totals. And there's no reason why he can't improve. I mean, he's playing close to 33 minutes per game. He's getting you points. His assist number could go up in that Denver offense. His steal number could go up. His free throw percentage is good. I mean, there are games where he hits nine threes. And if I can get a guy that can hit that many threes, 
in the sixth round, I'm taking it. I'm petrified that I, I don't think his defensive numbers change much. I feel like that sort of is who he is. I do want his field goal percent to come back. And if that makes the leap, then I'll change my tune completely on Jamal Murray. You have my word on that. Steven Adams, 66.7 is the ADP, and I've generally seen him go later than this in most of the drafts that I'm looking at. If he's really going in the 60s, that's a little bit too early for me, but if he's going more in the 70s and 80s where I've seen him go in mock drafts, then I'm all about it because he's going to have a giant season this year, isn't he? Yeah, I'm actually happy taking him where he is. I really am. I mean, who's going to steal his minutes? Why wouldn't he be on the floor? Why won't he be needed? You've mentioned before with the Westbrook thing, the rebounds are gone. So why won't he get rebounds? I mean, I had him last year. You don't get steals very often from big men, and Adams is a guy who gets you steals. So I'm very happy with him. And I've mentioned it time and time again on this podcast. There are bigs late. Yeah. Do not go after bigs that early. Maybe go after one, but guards. Go after guards. There are a lot of small forwards. Power forwards and bigs late. Tons of bigs late. Tons of them. I'm really going to... A lot of my teams are going to be heavy on power forward center this year. I can can already feel it. And then there's going to be some wings that I'm snatching up at the very end. I think this is a spot where, as tempted as I am to take the Steven Adams big, I might consider the guard here because I probably could get more bigs even after this. And I don't know about the, the number of point guards... And that maybe is why the next guy in line is more slightly more appealing to me, and that's Malcolm Brogdon. And it's just because he has a really safe point guard job in Indiana now. Let me ask you a question. Are you worried that when Brogdon, or well, that when Oladipo comes back, that Brogdon's value will go down? It will a little bit, but I mean, he played with Giannis and Middleton and Bledsoe last year, and he still had a strong season. So I'm not super worried about his role uh, completely evaporating. He has experience as... I mean, he was the number four in Milwaukee, and I don't know that he ever falls that far in Indiana. No, that's true. Uh, that's very true. And it's not often you can get a guy that shoots 93% from the line. 50, 40, 90, man. Yeah, I mean, that that's really good. And his usage is going to be up. He got signed to a pretty big contract. So clearly they envision him playing a big role. And without Oladipo, man, he he's the guy. I mean, this Pacers team... I feel like there's been a lot of turnover with the Pacers. A lot, yeah. Retirings and movement. Thad gone, Collison gone. They just took all of my old men and got rid of them. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, I'm going to pull up their depth chart just because I'm curious. I mean, right now, you have Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Sabonis, Turner when everybody's healthy. Yeah, and Jeremy Um, Jeremy Lamb probably, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Lamb will start for Oladipo to start the season. So, I mean, it's a pretty good lineup, but you look at that lineup and – most likely Brogdon's going to be the one or two when it comes to offensive output. And I'm thinking, you know, I I was sort of going through these scenarios in my head there. I I think a lot of what I'm looking at here is, did I just end up with a big in the the third or fourth or fifth round? Because then I'd probably go back the other way. There's the method to the madness here is that there's still just guys falling. And if you got a big man in the previous one, maybe you go small in this one because there's more guys coming uh, and to me, I think maybe there are more bigs coming after this. And, and here's a big right after Brogdon, Larry Nance Jr. at 68.9. Um, people keep telling me that he's not as good a fit in the, uh, the new Cleveland offense, but I sort of don't care. You know, he's another guy that does it without ever having to score. If he's on the floor, he's going to put up 
sweet Bespra style nine category stat. So I'm good with him as a late big also. Yeah. And Nance is a guy that is a triple double threat whenever he's on the floor. Um, and he gets you a lot of steals, which you love. Field goal percentage is good. So, yeah, I- I'm happy with a, with a guy like Nance. I'm terrified of the next guy, Lonzo. 70.5. I don't know what his role is going to be in New Orleans, and I'm not willing to take the, the plunge on him. Not when other guys are falling. Yeah. By the way, this will be my last guy before I go take a nap. Uh, I think Lonzo Ball, <laughs> Lonzo Ball puts me to sleep, and he really does. It's just a guy that uh, I'm not happy with where he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get. So Lonzo Ball is a guy that's absolutely not for me. So I know we got to get Brandon off the pod here. Uh, there are six guys left that are going to be covered today. Do you want to talk about any of the remaining six before I punch you? Uh, John Morant. I mean, he, he's a guy that has a lot of hype, obviously, to his name. Um, and I've liked him. He's a triple-double threat. Um, but I think he's a guy that I'm good taking a risk on if you steal some of those guys that we've talked about today. But if you don't, then uh, he's a guy I don't want to touch. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, not necessarily on him, but just on you You want to limit the number of times you take those risks. And so if you've been super safe, you've given yourself a nice little buffer to uh, to take a plunge on someone else. Brandon Marcus, thank you, my good man. Happy Brandon Day to you. Happy Brandon Day to you. <laughs> he is Brandon Marcus at BD Marcus on Twitter. We will continue to talk to him weekly here on Fantasy NBA Today. And we bid him adieu on this wonderful Wednesday. I'll finish up the last couple of names here before we put a pin in this one. But first, want to remind everybody that Hoopball Fantasy NBA Today podcast is brought to you by our new-ish, I guess not that new anymore, it's almost been a month now, our new-ish buddies over at mybookie.ag. NFL is in full swing. It is time. It's time to get in there. At the end of that hard week of work, it's nice to sit down, Kick your feet up, watch a little football. For me, it's college football, but for all of you guys, it's probably more NFL. Game-winning touchdowns, two-minute drives, backs racing down the sidelines. Best thing to do when you're doing it, throw a couple bucks on that bad boy. Go to mybookie.ag. They're our favorites here at HoopBall. They've got the customer support thing figured out. They've got player perks figured out. If you're going to bet football or basketball, do it at mybookie.ag. Join now. They'll double your first deposit with promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. I've moved my money over. You should too, especially if you're betting at another online book. Just pull it out, cash out, move it over to MyBookie, and you'll get that joint doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Make your first deposit. Again, you got to use promo code TODAY, and you can get that thing matched. It's a no-brainer. The only other guys we hadn't talked about, there are five names left on the list. Hassan Whiteside, Josh Richardson, Aaron Gordon, Marvin Bagley, and Marcus Soule to finish out the ADP top 75. Hassan Whiteside, you guys know my take on him. I can't do it. I did it last year. And to say that it burned me isn't really fair because there was no indicator that he was going to shoot 45% at the free throw line. There was nothing to indicate that was coming. He had actually gotten up to 70% the year before, and it seemed like he was primed to be an unbelievable steal. And then his brain broke. He was unable to hit a free throw. He tried everything, probably had 80 different free throw strokes in, in 60 different games or whatever it was, and none of them were working. 
None of them was working, I guess I should say. Get my grammar right here on the podcast. So I can't draft him and trust that that is going to fix itself because as good as he was on a per-minute basis in every other category, you know, he only played 23 minutes a game and averaged 12 and 11 with almost two blocks a night. The free throw was the worst. He only took three and a half a game, but that's all it took, shooting 45%. He was the single greatest negative impact free throw shooter in the NBA, worse than Andre Drummond, worse than Rudy Gobert, worse than LeBron James, worse than Steven Adams, worse than Ben Simmons. He was worse, the worst. And that's all... With a lot of these guys, you can sort of stomach that because they're doing other things that lift you up, like Stephen Adams. He was so good in defensive stats and field goal percent. Or going back up near the top, Andre Drummond, Rudy Gobert, they were so good defensive stats, field goal percent, rebounding for Drummond at almost 16 a game. Hassan Whiteside can't make that same claim. He was decent in those things. He was good in blocks, but that's really it. It's not enough. It's not enough to cancel out the negative or potential negative. Now, if his free throw percent comes back, he's an unbelievable steal at this point because until Yusuf Nurkic plays, which we don't even know if he will, Whiteside's going to get somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes a game at center. So he's an easy top 50 in that spot. But if he can't fit, if he hit a free throw, top 100 is the top. Josh Richardson at 71. We need the defensive stats to come back. Otherwise, this just isn't going to work. I do like that his ADP is falling. He was in the late 60s. Now he's crawled back into the 70s. If that keeps coming down, I would take a look at him. I've said it on podcasts before. I'm not taking him in the 60s. That's too soon for me for a guy who's going to a non-feature role where the other, the peripheral stuff, needs to come back for him to have fantasy value. But 70s, 80s, if you can start to get him in the seventh round, that's a different animal. Aaron Gordon at 72. This is, I think, actually a pretty safe pick at 72. He, he His floor is top 100 because he's just going to score a whole bunch. Uh, and the hope with him is that one of his two percentages comes back. I would venture to guess that field goal percent would be the one that could move quicker. Not a guy I'm going to end up with all that often, but if I need a ton of points this late in draft, there aren't going to be that many guys that are going to get you between, uh, well, up close to 20 points per game this year, even if he's a little bit shy of that. Not my cup of tea, but I get it. Marvin Bagley at 73.6. This is a pretty reasonable spot for him as well. I would assume, uh, you know, you know my fear with Luke Walton's rotations. He was number 143 last year. Obviously, he played more as the season moved on. Need to see that free throw percent come up. He was at 69% for the year. That could be a bit of a drag and the kind of thing that everybody's saying, hey, you know, is there a top 50 season in him? Not if he can't hit a free throw. If he can, sure. But there's these question marks. Question mark guys are the ones that are tough for me to give a hard recommendation on yes or no. Because, again, we just there's almost no way to predict, especially with a young guy, where there isn't any track record to say, well, this could go this way or that way. You hope that it would improve, but you just don't know. Looking at this realm, you've got Marcus Soule, a safer center hanging in the wings. Demonis Sabonis, who's not really my kind of guy, Wendell Carter Jr., Montrez Harrell. These are guys that are still available here. Ennis Cantor, even. Maybe if you're feeling like going safe, 
I get it, though. You're starting at the point of a draft where you can make some upside plays. Uh, Bagley is probably that. Marc Gasol is the opposite of that. He's going to see his 20-some-odd minutes at center in Toronto. He's going to have to do a little bit more this year. He'll be better in Toronto this year than he was in Toronto last year, but obviously not anywhere near as close as good as he was in Memphis, where he was sitting inside the top 30. So he's going to be somewhere in the middle, and I think this is a pretty good spot to draft him. And that's pretty close to what we've got going on today. We've now we've now climbed through the top 75. I think we'll likely do one more Yahoo ADP show. And I do have a couple things I need to mention here towards the end of the podcast. Number one is what's coming up on the show. And I think you guys are going to want to hear this because starting on Friday, it's going to be pros. All pros. It's like that scene from The Nutty Professor. All spandex. Uh... I'll be talking to Josh Lloyd and Kyle McCune on Thursday, so one of those two uh, segments will air during the Friday show, and it'll just be everybody from the industry mock that I've been talking about, which is uh, the Welsh, Bogman, Matt Straup, Alex Ricklin, Kyle McCune, Josh Lloyd, Greg Ehrenberg, Adam King. Uh, I'm going to miss some names here, and then I'm going to feel bad about it later on. Come on, Dan, get them all right. Who am I forgetting? Uh, Jonas Nader is in that one as well. Um, Matt Smith is also in that league. Come on, Dan. You can get all these guys. Adam Stock. Is that all of them? Did I do 11? I think that was 11. Okay, so if I left anybody out, I'm really sorry. I think that was all of them. We're going to talk to 11 fantasy pros in 11 days here on Fantasy NBA Today. We're also going to continue to talk to our buddies at HoopBall, like Brandon, like Neil, like Coach. He's coming up on tomorrow's show. We'll talk uh, DFS a little bit. It'll be our little teaser day with Coach Adrian Benjamins as well. Uh, Josh Millman, Surio is going to be on the show with us here in the next little bit. Uh, it's, man, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of stuff going on on the podcast these days. So super excited about that. Also, we have a contest winner that is being announced here on this show. It was promised, so we will do it. Uh, everybody that retweeted one particular tweet from the Hoopball Fantasy account entered themselves automatically in a contest to win a draft guide. And the winner is at Maxil Zero. Maxilo, but the, the O is obviously a zero. M-A-X-I-L-L and the number zero. We will tweet at you, let you know. Uh, that you won the draft guide. You can let us know that you see the tweet. Claim your prize. Congratulations to the lucky winner. We will have more contests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Probably not for a draft guide, but more fun stuff will go on at Hoop Ball Fantasy. So definitely follow that account if you want to get in on the next. This was a super easy contest, too. You didn't. You literally didn't have to do anything at all uh, to get in and potentially win a draft guide. Hoopball leagues are still rumbling along. We need a few more bodies in each type of league. Free Roto, Cash Roto, Free Head-to-Head, -head, and Cash Head-to-Head. -head. They're all at Fantrax, and all will have slow drafts that start in about three weeks. So we do still have some time left, but I want to get these last few leagues filled up, and then we'll probably put a lid on it. So just a few spots left in each of those four types of leagues, let me know at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter. If you'd like to join a HoopBall League, again, it's HoopBall listeners of this podcast, folks that are reading the website, uh, folks that are following me and others on Twitter, following HoopBall Fantasy, HoopBall Tweets, whatever. Basically, anybody that has somehow heard the message that we have leagues open, uh, you can join them. 
and they're fun. They're competitive, too. Even the free ones are competitive. So let me know. We'll get you placed in those bad boys. Rate and review the podcast. I know many of you here are listening for the first time as we ramp up towards opening night. Welcome. We're so thrilled to have you. I cannot express enough how important it is to know that people are continuing to add, coming on and joining this podcast. It's just, it's amazing because when we started the show some two and a half years ago, the first episode got like 45 downloads and we've just been slowly growing it into the thousands since then. I am blown away and excited every single day. I just watch the little ticker and think to myself, how the hell did this happen? So thank you. And part of the way we've been able to do that is because you guys have been so kind to rate and review the podcast. So if you have a moment, you haven't done it yet, throw a five-star review on Fantasy NBA Today on iTunes. You can do it on your computer by clicking the links we tweet out. You can do it on your phone by clicking the podcast app, searching for Fantasy NBA Today, clicking on the show title, and then scrolling down to the bottom of that next page. That's where the rate and review function is. So thank you so much in advance. And thank you to those that have already done it. Some 224 of you, I believe, to this point. You guys are the best. We love you. We'll keep this thing free forever because if we keep growing it, then there's no reason why it would ever have to be anything else. For Brandon Marcus, I'm Dan Baspers. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Happy Brandon Day. Back again tomorrow. We'll finish up the top 100 on Yahoo ADPs. We'll also dig into anybody beyond 100 that's caught my eye on the Yahoo ADP chart. We'll get a DFS update from Coach. And on Friday, we will start pro time here on fantasy nba today again draft guide 1599 through sunday get it now we'll talk to you tomorrow this has been a hoop ball presentation